all, Chris. Yes? Get the ales. And by ales, I mean these delicious coffee ales that we are drinking today to talk about 2018's Bird Box. I'm so sorry, guys. Welcome to another episode of Sheebie-Jeebies, brought to you by Eternally Bored Productions. I am your host, Sam Carlson, and obviously we have Tall Chris on the podcast again. No, yes, like that's it, a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's, it's a great thing for you guys out there, I guess, but it's a bad thing for me reading no, uh, bad movies again with you. I know, but who else is going to do it? So, you I know... Mean, I, was, I was attracted by the free beer sign, and then it's like, oh, there's Bird Bucks to watch, too. It's like... Yeah, and I mean, like, this isn't this isn't a shill or anything. We actually are drinking these. We're drinking these Sunday morning coming downs from Ranger Creek, who is a, which is a local brewery here in San Antonio, and they're amazing. They are absolutely delicious, and they are a whopping 7.1% alcohol by volume, which I highly recommend as I start in on my second one. Especially for reviewing Bird Box. Yeah, I actually wish that we'd had these when we were watching the movie last night because I really needed them. And we had to take a break about close to halfway through because that movie is fucking awful. That was the longest break. We took breaks several times throughout the movie. This is true. To argue. Well, yes, this is true because the movie is, is infuriating. It doesn't... It makes up its own rules and then just decides, hey, here are the rules, and oh, oh no, we're gonna, we're, we're not going to abide by them at all. No, no, it's very much Calvin Ball horror movie. Exactly. Can you explain to the audience what Calvin Ball is? Because not all of us are super nerds like the two of us, because I know what Calvin Ball or is. Or aged hipsters. Um, yes. So Calvin Ball is from the Calvin and Hobbes comics. Um, you, you've probably seen those, uh, the little short kid uh, pissing on something. Uh, that's Calvin. Usually in, <laughs> on the back of somebody's truck. Exactly. Uh, the comics that, that is coming from, actually, um, is Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, it's a story about this little six-year-old kid with his uh, imaginary pet tiger. Anyway, they played a little sport called Calvin Ball, where um, the rules of the game were, there were no rules. They would make up rules as they went, uh, just because, like, oh, somebody's winning, never mind, no, no, you can't do that, because you didn't make the point, because you didn't, you know, blast the semifinal or some kind of crap. Who knows? Uh, they would just make up rules as they went. Kind of like normal kids' games, where it's like kids feel like they're losing, they change the rules, or modern-day politics. Whatever you feel like. Yeah, basically. And that's what's going on in Bird Box. It's very similar to It Follows, although It Follows was a more coherent and put-together horror movie, which was, in my opinion, levels beyond this. I, you know, It Follows, we essentially had rules in the beginning, and then at the end we kind of decided... Oh, none of these rules matter, and you can apparently shoot this invisible whatever the fuck it is with a gun. I'm like, oh, oh no, she oh, never shot okay. with a gun. She tried several times. Somebody shot, like somebody shot whatever the fuck the it follows creature was. Oh, she's talking about it follows. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm still stuck in Bird Box land. It follows basic. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, it follows basic story structure. Bird Box does not. No, it really doesn't. And I'm sad because when I saw the trailer, I was very interested in this movie, albeit that Sandra Bullock was the lead. And I don't like Sandra Bullock as a dramatic actress. I was willing to give this the benefit of the doubt only because I like Sandra Bullock in comedies. And I was like, all right, I know she can carry a movie. I mean, yeah. Not Gravity. Gravity was garbage. Gravity was like just basically the worst day of Sandra Bullock's life. That's what all it was, and she was just like whining the whole time. I'm like, bitch, please. But I mean, she's good in comedy. She's good in the heat. She's great in Miss Congeniality, obviously. Uh, all about Steve. We won't talk about that. I don't know how this bitch won an Oscar, but okay. Well, to win an Oscar, people really love Speed Two Cruise Control. Uh, uh- Oh, wow. And now you're reminding me of why Sandra Bullock is not a dramatic actress. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty sad when Keanu Reeves was the heavy in the 90s for you. But he's such a, he seems like a really nice guy. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, from all I hear. And like his movies nowadays are fucking amazing. They just lean into his wooden acting with like a John Wick and things like that. Those are amazing. I love those movies. I know. Bill and Ted 3, I'm waiting for it, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all I want. When they play to his strengths, fucking great. But it's not like Vanilla Sky or some shit like that. True. 
You know, and that's the thing. It's like Sandra Bullock has strengths and they lie in comedy. Yes. They do not lie in drama slash horror movies at all. And it sucks because this movie has a it has an extremely strong cast. Oh, yeah. I mean, besides her, we've got Sarah Paulson, who plays Jessica and her, her sister and Trevante Rhodes, who plays Tom. And uh, he was in Moonlight and fucking the Predator. He was Nebraska in that. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously. And I, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention John Malkovich, who is the who is the only reason you should watch Bird Box, because anybody who has half a brain will be the John Malkovich character rooting for him. And then uh, also among that cast, Rosa Salazar, who plays Lucy, who we just saw in Battle Angel Alita. Well, I mean, she at least did the mocap. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Alita was like uh, all CGI. Well, I don't think it's all CGI. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And then we've got Danielle McDonald, who plays Dumb Bitch Olympia, which I'm not going to hold that against her. Uh, she was in the Netflix movie Dumplin' with Jennifer Aniston, and I did watch that, and it was fantastic. And Danielle McDonald is a great actress. We also have Machine Gun Kelly as Felix, and... Still better actor than Sandra Bullock. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's friends with Pete Davidson. They're like, I don't know. I feel like they're a couple of fucking assholes. They're probably just a couple of douche canoes hanging out and getting high all the time. Yes, have you seen his tattoos? I don't need to. That's okay. But other than that, we've also got uh, Ray Bowery as Charlie, who was in Get Out, and he played the TSA agent, who is the uh, the friend of the main character, who I can't remember his name now, because I haven't seen that movie since it came out in the theater. And he was awesome. And then also, playing Gary, we have Tom Hollander, who is fucking Cutler Beckett in Pirates of the Caribbean. He's a great villain. I don't understand, with this cast, how this movie went so wrong. Because you kept killing off the better actors. I mean, yes. Oh, shit. You know who I forgot? B.D. Wong. Oh, yeah. B.D. Wong. Wong. First, yeah. First, the first guy to die. I can't believe mm-hmm. they killed him off the, you know. Well, I mean, to well, be fair. It's not technically the first sister guy. was the first to die. Yeah. But, I mean, by the time we get to the main part of the story, like, Biceps D. Wong is the first guy to die. Yeah. And I'm sorry, that joke is not mine. It belongs to We Hate Movies. I'm just going to throw that out there. I just can't. Like, every time I I say B.D. Wong, I think Biceps D. Wong now. So, mm, I apologize. Um, So, it was directed by some gal named Suzanne Beer, or Beyer. I think it's Beer, because... How's it spelled? B-I-E-R. Yeah, Beer. Yeah. Suzanne Beer, which you need to be drinking in order to, like, fucking watch this movie. Yes. Which I, you know, which I am now. And she's done nothing that I recognize. I couldn't find anything on her IMDb that I've even remotely heard of. So, that's fine. I mean, hooray for female directors, I guess. <laughs> I am the worst feminist right now. I know, like, if any feminists are listening, they're like, oh, I support all women. Fuck off. I was like, support the ones that make us look better. Super burn. So, as far as the writers go... Uh, Josh Mallerman actually wrote the novel Bird Box, which I just finished reading. And you know what? I really wish they had stuck closer to the book. The book was like the book was essentially like an airplane read. Like you could read this, you know, if you're, you know, if you if you're going, you know, if you're flying somewhere and you've got to make a connecting flight or two, real easy read, real fine, not a problem. I have no problem with this guy. Although he does have a band called The High Strong, and they did put out an album called Dragon Dicks, so... Well, that explains Bird Box. Are they British? This, this band or anything? No, why? Oh, I was going to say, because uh, bird is slang for woman, box is slang for vagina. It gives, like, a really weird spin on this whole movie, then. Yeah. That's true. So, you know, I mean, I, as far as an overall look at the novel, I think Josh Mallerman did an excellent job, especially writing uh, for Mallory, because most of that, uh, most of the book is told from her perspective, although it's in third person. But he did an excellent job of writing for her, and there was, a l- there was way more inter- interesting shit, which we'll get to, uh, versus the movie, which was god-awful boring. So the guy that helped, that wrote the screenplay, Eric... Uh, Eric last name which is like super German. I'm going to pre- I'm going to attempt to pronounce this. Heiserer. Eric Heiserer. I'm trying to where his name is at on your little phone here. Uh, oh. Uh Heiserer. I think I don't know. Sure. Sure. So this guy did the story for the Thing prequel in 2011, which if you've 
seen that and compared it to the 1982 version, you're probably horrified. Even more so, though, this fucker was helped write the screenplay for uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. Fuck you, Eric Heiser. That's fucking terrible. So you're saying it's his job to ruin good things? Basically, yes. Basically. And just be a straight-up cash grab. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know bitches gotta get paid. Like, look at Aubrey Plaza in the Child's Play movie. and like, mmm. But it's gonna be so good. It just doesn't have anything that made the original series. Do you know, have any idea how many of those fucking Aubrey Plaza fangirls have been coming for me on Twitter? I'm like, I do not have time for you people. So, anyway, back to Bird Box. Mm. I mean, I have time to complain about Child's Play all the time, but this is not the episode for that. We'll get, we'll get there, though. Would you like to... Give us a quick summary of the movie. A summary of the movie. If Uh, you can figure it out, good luck. Basically, uh, mystical creatures that you cannot physically see, uh, but until you actually do look at them, then you drive insane. Um, But you can look at them through either um, like in person or apparently through TV monitors, uh, which makes no sense because when they have the world news playing, during the beginning of the movie, showing all these chaotic scenes of people committing mass suicide, nobody commits mass suicide from the TVs. And it's just kind of like, are we trying to make a shitty, you know, Doctor Who uh, looping angel here? Yeah, I mean, to, you know, if I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit, I don't know if anybody, do you remember if anybody was actually committing suicide on TV? Because I feel like that probably wouldn't be something that they're allowed to show on television. Well, no, but you did have all the chaos and destruction of people running from something. Uh, like at the beginning, of the, like the, this part of the movie where they're running, where Sandra Bullock and her uh, sister are running to the house and things are in mass chaos and people are looking at these things, committing suicide, looking at these things. That's the kind of stuff they were showing on TV, showing coming from Russia. Yeah, you're mostly seeing people running away from these things. And at that point, you know one of these creatures had, had, to, have been, had, to, had to have been caught on camera, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but then Sandra Bullock and her sister are watching this on TV and nothing happens to them. Later on in the movie, when we see B.D. Wong, his character decides to look at the... Uh, the 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 security cameras outside that are fe- that are giving footage right like sort of uh, making the cameras like as a translation device yeah, it's supposed to like infrared or something like that, so they try and use those to make their escape turns out no it doesn't matter yeah and apparently like you can look at these creatures on camera and they still kill you yes it's but like, it's like a really just... shitty vampire they have to glamour you yeah, but it's like we just had these scenes. Yes. We just had these scenes of them on the news, and, you know, nobody's fucking dying from that. So, you know, that was a big problem immediately. Again, we're just like, here are some rules. No, we don't care about them. Screw the rules. Also, speaking of, um, what one did the woman in the hospital who was beating her head against the window see? She was the only one committing suicide there at that window. Like, I don't know. Like, like when Sandra Bullock's in the, so before the mass chaos, uh, when Sandra Bullock's at the hospital, because uh, she's trying to ignore her pregnancy. Um, and she's doing a really bad job of it, because she's like five months long or something yeah, stupid something like, like that. that. Five or six months long. Um, anyway, so there's a moment, you see, when the first see her, she's on the phone talking to somebody. And when, when Sandra Bullock comes walking back, she's like banging her head against the, the window. You know what? Maybe it was like one of these things where whoever she was talking to, maybe they decided to do like FaceTime or something, and she saw one of the creatures through the FaceTime, and that's how it got there. But that still wouldn't matter because that wouldn't actually spread. Because the creatures are corporeal beings that have like a substance to them because they cast shadows and they make noise. Yes. They're they just shadows, fucking noise, invisible. Move foliage all around when they're running through the forest. Yeah. And they're fucking they're tall heavy. as shit. It's like fucking invisible dinosaurs. Yeah. You know? So, I don't understand how they got to America so quickly, but... I don't know. Well, Alaska's so close to Russia. I feel like they just hopped a plane or a boat. And somebody died on one of those and we didn't hear about it. Mm -hmm. Also, it was interesting because, you know, you brought up about them being vampires because, you know, in the movie we hear about them kind of originating in Romania. Yeah. Do you think they could be vampires? Because, I don't know. No. Thanks. That's helpful. <laughs> well, I mean, even 
So if these things are vampires, Twilight is no longer the worst vampires. No, I feel like Twilight is still the worst vampires. No, like these things, like where it's invisible and they kill you with just looking at them, uh, but they kind of change the rules, they go along, but also they can secretly whisper at you. Yeah, we need to we need to also talk about that. So initially, it's one of these things where it's like, if you look at them, then you will go insane and you will kill yourself. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, but there are parts in the movie where Mallory's hearing whispers, and especially in the very last act of this movie, that ramps up a lot. So it seems like these creatures can also just, I guess, get into your brain and find out, you know, all the shit that you've gone through. And then, right. And yeah, so it's like, well, why would you need to blindfold yourself at all then? What would that matter if they can if they can do that? Why? Why? Because they're Jean Grey dinosaur vampires. Jean Grey? Both read minds. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Like the Dark Phoenix with dinosaurs? Yeah, exactly. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make these things even shittier than they probably are. <sighs> Thanks. It's like, it's like somebody, you know, spun a wheel of, you know, like fucking random uh, traits. It's like, uh, invisible. Giant. Um, reads thoughts, but it can only kill you by looking at them. Yeah, so it's like uh, these creatures are almost sort of like... Maybe they're related to Pennywise from It, but you can't really do that because then Stephen King would sue the fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you they know, all as sue far down as... here. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> they all have lawyers down <laughs> here. So, I mean, maybe, like, apparently these creatures, I guess, can just read thoughts. But, again, why the blindfolds? I'm so annoyed by that. Like, you made a rule and you just... And you then you broke it. But even then, like, when uh, they show the scenes of Sandra Bullock, like, her vision through the blindfolds, it's really kind of opaque. It's like she's looking through, like, a sheer blanket. It's kind of like, all right, how blind do you have to be from these things? Do you have to be kind of, like, partially blind? Can I, like, re- can I remove my glasses and be fuzzy and not see these things and be fine? Yeah, I'd probably be okay. Also, another thing is the whole thing about the, the mental illness. Oh, so yes. yeah. it seems like, you know, we've got people that can look at these things that are mentally ill and I guess because of that they're immune and it's not really specifically mentioned if because they're mentally well yeah I mean you can make a lot of you can make a lot of uh, you you can make your own judgments on your own for this uh, because nothing is nothing is set in stone so we don't have because we don't have fucking rules Mm -hmm. so we've got some crazy people that can look at these things and they're fine my question is do you have to be crazy in order to be immune? Or can you look at these things and then go crazy to the extent where then you are immune? You know, like a vaccination. Uh, I guess. Uh, Is this an allegory for autism? Nah, no, because uh, then it's still kind of like the people who truly did go like, you know, who truly, you know, like these characters they are watching all their friends and family die. They should have PTSD. Is that a mental disorder? Their PTSD dealing with stuff. Yeah, that's also a good point. Like, what? Like, how mentally ill do you have to be, and what kind of mentally ill do you have to be? Mm-hmm. Because, like, anybody that's going through this is automatically going to have PTSD. You should off obviously be immune to these things. It's kind of like science, or you know, where it's like the aliens invade, and it's like, oh, you're allergic to water. Oh. You gave everyone PTSD and no, and everybody's mentally ill and immune to you. Good job, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the like none of this makes any sense in the movie. The book, the book actually is, is, is makes slightly more sense because they don't go completely off the rails with this bullshit. You know, in the book, we're essentially just dealing with these corporeal beings that are invisible, but if you look at them, you will go insane. It's not just a glance, though. You do have to kind of have more than more than a second of eye contact with them which i did appreciate but the book actually was not so much about the creatures but more so like uh our main character mallory's uh journey to journey through this weird post-apocalyptic world that all of a sudden happened and and her growth as a character so you know and i really you know and that's kind of what the movie fails at because we're just focus so much on the fucking monsters and then you keep going back on all of the rules that you're trying to establish. 
Um, and then uh, the beginning of the movie is bullshit anyway, because it's like Mallory gets into this car accident with her sister because her sister is seeing something while she's driving, and the car flips the fuck over, and Mallory's like five... I'm assuming five months pregnant. Would you? What would you say? I'd probably say closer to six months pregnant. Fair enough. And this bitch is like crawling on her stomach, and I'm like, oh, that baby's not that baby's not damaged anyway. You're not bleeding out of your twat at all. No, are you sure? I'm like, she escapes scratch free. I'm like, bitch, please. And then she ends up in this house with a bunch of the other survivors that made it in there. John Malkovich being the only person that knows what's going on. Well, yeah, I was going to say also before, like, so when their sister, when the sister gets the car, her and her get the car wreck, flips the car, the sister uh, gets out of the car, walks out, looks at her, and then, you know, walks in front of a truck that's speeding by. That was the best idea you could have done. Well, I was going to say, yeah, she read the rest of the script. like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, bye, guys. I'm out. Peace out. So, you know, and then Mallory gets into this house with all these other survivors, which, you know, it's... Basically like character soup. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a little bit of everything in there. It's a smorgasbord of of different characters. Yeah, and they are really vastly different from the novel. Like uh, It's a different archetype. Well, I mean, like the old woman Cheryl, like in in the movie, she's like this old, sweet, doddering old lady. It's a grandma. Yeah. In the book, she's, you know, she is an older lady, but she's also, you know, has a hard edge to her. And I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. Um it wasn't the kind of hard edge that movie Mallory has, though. Like, movie Mallory from the beginning is a fucking bitch. Like, she's... I mean, she's an artist, so she's obviously, like, I guess, troubled. And really, wouldn't she already have mental illness if she's an artist? Yeah, not professionally? All, not all artists have mental illness. Only the good artists. So. And she's... Oh, yeah. Well, you know. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's just not a good artist. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean, but but also once again, it comes down to the level of mental disorder and mental incapacity kind of stuff, because uh, everybody has depression issues and dealing with things here and there. So it's kind of like, what level is it? Is it like temporary insanity? Is it like actually certifiable uh, chemical imbalance in your brain, mm-hmm. or what is it? Yeah, and that's actually explored a lot more in the book, uh, as far as you know, what effect the creatures do have on sanity per se. Mm-hmm. It seems like in the movie, we're almost, you know, making the people that have the mental illness that can see these creatures and that are still going going and surviving, they're kind of like the villains, whereas oh, yeah, the people are. that are blindfolded and, you know, trying not to see these things, they're the heroes, you know? And I'm not sure what kind of correlation you want to make with that, but there probably are a couple. Mm. I don't know if that was intentional. Mm. Depends. Mm-hmm. In this political climate, who knows? Yeah. But, you know, in the movie, there's a scene where there are marauders because uh, who are able to who are, I guess, is poisoned a good word. I mean, yeah, because uh, when we meet the um, the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean, who's our bad guy, um, he's essentially poisoned um, from these creatures. So he's kind of turned to be like a servant of these creatures to get everybody else to see how beautiful they are. Look at the wondrous glory. Because uh, you also had that earlier uh, when they first go to the super supermarket. Uh, I mean, Fishfinger. Who the fuck is Fishfinger? Uh, that was the guy who uh, was trapped in the loading dock. <clears throat> Why is he called Fishfinger? Uh, that was just the name, uh, the nickname he had. That's what, um, what's his name? The guy who, who still wore his, uh, his supermarket vest for days. That was Charlie. Charlie, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Charlie was calling him Fishfinger. Oh, he right. He talked about how he served prison for a little while. He's still a nice, decent guy. He's a little slow. And talk, yeah. Let's talk about the guy being mentally retarded. Yeah, which is also another thing. So it's like, if you're mentally retarded, does that also make you immune? Well, no, because uh, as I said, didn't you see in the book, animals are affected still? Yeah, they are. But like in this movie, no, animal, they, they never really show any animals being affected at all. Yeah, I mean, in the book, uh, animals definitely are affected. There's actually a, there's a scene in the book where Mallory goes to investigate a bar, and I believe she takes uh, Victor, who is uh, Jules's dog in the book, with her, and one of the creatures, like, uh, Victor sees one of the creatures and basically goes insane and destroys himself. I guess that's the best way you can put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it definitely does affect animals, 
And also another part of the book there, when uh, Mallory and the kids are going down the river, there's, I'm guessing this is a part where there are a lot of creatures or maybe just one creature, but there are birds overhead that are attacking each other and then falling down like dive bombs into the boat. So, yeah, definitely affects creatures. Although, interestingly enough, there is a scene where there are wolves that attack Mallory. Again, in the book. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I wish they had put that in the fucking movie where, you know, she gets fucked up by some wolves. And I'm, like, wondering, well, why weren't the wolves affected? But then, there, you know, it also is kind of hinted at that the creatures do growl. So I'm one, and they do sound, and they could sound like wolves. So maybe those were actually creatures attacking her. We don't really know. Yeah. It's all over the place. I mean, trying to, trying to reconcile the book with the movie is, like, fucking bananas. So you're saying it's kind of like they took the book, threw it in a shredder, and then went sprayed on the, on the, stuck on the walls that they kind of went with. Well, what sucks is that if they had gone with some of the stuff in the book instead of, you know, kind of trying to do their own screenplay, it would have been scarier. There are a lot of really troubling scenes in the book uh, when Tom is talking about his daughter Robin, and he found, I think, I believe it was Robin, like, apparently slit her wrists, and she's an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. You can't, yeah, I mean, I get it, you probably can't put that on screen that's probably too much but you know if you're trying to make a movie scary go with something like that and then olympia in the book after she gives birth she hangs herself with her umbilical cord which can't possibly work in real life but it'd be a cool visual if you wanted to try it Mm. you know because like is she is she like ripping the umbilical cord out with the placenta and then hanging herself outside the house or is it just that she throws herself out the window and oops her umbilical cord got caught on something and she accidentally hung herself either way like nobody's umbilical cord is that strong enough or that long I don't think I mean there can like I think the longest umbilical cord that on record you know some of the longer ones are, are like 30 inches which technically but that's like 5% mm-hmm. so it would be a, you know there's a very small chance uh, I mean, again, good visual, but you didn't put it in the movie. There's nothing scary in this movie. It's just fucking boring. <sighs> well, I think uh, it, it tried being scary and intense, but we just didn't give a fuck about the characters at all. You're right. I definitely didn't care about Mallory. I mean, mm-hmm. because she doesn't have any growth. No. She's like a hard, hard, hard-nosed cunt from the very beginning, and... It's only kind of at the very end where she realizes, oh, I'm actually this mo- the mother of these two children now. It's only been five years. I know, right? You think, eh. <clears throat> it's whatever. And they still have the fucking birds on the river when they're going down. I'm like, those birds have been alive for five years. What are those, parakeets? I don't know what the lifespan of parakeets or whatever the fuck they are. Mm-hmm. I-, I feel like those are not the same birds they found in the, uh, the supermarket, though. Yeah, probably not. I mean, the MacGuffin supermarket... Where it's kind of like your one-stop shop for everything. Yeah, I mean, like, in the movie, like, Douglas, who is essentially Dawn in the book, John Malkovich's character, Douglas has a great idea. Let's live in the supermarket. I'm down with that. But Mallory's like, no, but the people back at the house. And it's like, fuck them. Come, come over here. Fucking go pick them up. Exactly. But no, we have to go back to the house and take food back with us. And blah, my way is the best way. Because it's my way. All right, Mallory, whatever. So, at some point, we've been living in this house, and this is after we've attempted to make a supermarket run. Like, in the movie Felix and Lucy, they just peace out. They steal the car, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just gone from the movie. That's a, that's a really lazy way of kind of tying up their characters, but they didn't kind of really... Maybe they became marauders at some point. Yeah, who knows? Ah, I feel they like they never find eh. out. Nor does the movie care. No, they don't. So Felix and Lucy are gone. Life continues as normal, I guess, as much as it can, considering you don't have a car. And then one day, dumb bitch Olympia decides to let in the stranger named Gary, who is obviously a bad dude. He's like not even trying to hide it, and he's got all of these sketches of what the creatures look like, which varies in. 
just shadows to what Cthulhu? Yeah, Cthulhu-esque to shadow people to just kind of like otherworldly monsters. It looks like um, the guy who did the art for scary stories. Oh uh, shit, you're right. Went on like a fucking bender. Oh my god, yes, absolutely. So yeah, this guy's perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so while Olympia and Mallory are giving birth during the movie, he rips down all of the tape and whatnot covering the windows. Yeah, paper and stuff like that, yeah. Whatever the fuck. And Don has, like, not Don, sorry, Douglas, because we're talking about the movie again. Douglas has obviously not trusted him from the very beginning, as he is right to do because John Malkovich is correct in all of his character roles. And they've locked him in the fucking garage. Mm -hmm. So while Gary's, like, up there fucking things up and, like, tearing down all this shit, you know, somehow Douglas gets out of the locked garage and he's got his eyes closed and he's pointing, like, a a shotgun at Gary. That's right. Yeah. And he gets a good shot off at him. Yeah, shoots him in the arm. I wish he had kind of, like, you know, just opened his eyes briefly enough to continue shooting Gary and Mm -hmm. killed him, but it's fine. And there's a scuffle, and it involves Don and Gary and fucking Tom. And Don, sorry, I keep saying Don because I'm, I, I've been reading the book. Um, Douglas gets uh, stabbed in the chest with scissors. Several times. Yes. Olympia and Cheryl, they end up killing, their, killing themselves because they've looked at the creatures. Mm-hmm. And fucking Tom shoots Gary. And Tom survives. And he ends up helping, like, uh, helping Mallory to raise the children for at least a, at least a few years Five like years. Uh, yeah because up until the, yeah up until the events of the river mm-hmm. and uh this was kind of you know they really glossed over the climax of the book since in the book the climax essentially was Mallory giving birth with Olympia up in the attic but in the book <laughs> They had previously, they previously had, uh, Gary was, was staying in that house. And then Mallory found his notebook with all these writings about the creatures themselves and about how we have to look at them, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to hurt us. Yada, yada, yada. That's fine. And, you know, she tells everybody and everybody's like, fuck you, Gary, get out of our house. But then Don, who is, again, Douglas in the movie, had been making friends with Gary and was like his BFF. So basically made sure that Gary was still living in the house. He would just hit him in the cellar or, yeah, in the cellar. So uh, Gary still had access to the house. Meanwhile, Don's downstairs tearing all the the drapes down and uh, all the coverings off of the windows. Unlocking and uh, opening all the un- all opening all of the doors, so the creatures can get in. Which, if you're a creature that can penetrate somebody's mind, why is the door stopping you? Right. I mean, th- later on in the movie, you see him crashing to the fucking forest. Yeah, I'm like, I don't understand the extent of your powers. Like, you can do all of this, but a door stops you. I like the retarded predator cousins or something. Once again, this kind of goes back to being shitty vampires if you invited in. Uh, yeah, kind of. I'm really, I'm really, I, I'm, I'm more on board with your vampire theory now. God hate me. <laughs> <laughs> so, the climax is, you know, Olympia and Mallory are fucking up in the attic giving birth. Which, no easy task. And Gary is up there. And Mallory realizes that Gary's been hiding there the whole time. He never left the house. So Mallory has her back to the stairs to the attic. And a creature is behind her while she is giving birth. And Olympia looks at it. She goes mad. But she's already, you know, she's already pushed out that kid. Mallory is like, hey, let me see your kid. Let me see your daughter and blah, blah, blah. Because she knows that there's something fucking behind her. And she knows that, you know, like Olympia is probably going to fucking give that kid to the, I don't know, give that kid to the creature. Who knows? So she saves the, uh, she saves Olympia's daughter after Olympia gnaws through her own umbilical cord, which again, why wasn't this in the movie? Mm Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see that visual. 
And then uh, the creature essentially makes short work of everybody in that house in the book. Gary is the only one that you know doesn't get killed. He kind of goes downstairs to check out what happened, and then he's gone. And Mallory is still always on guard about whether or not Gary is still out there, which I understand. But in the movie, it's just like, well, we shot Gary, and now we have to live this life where it's just like Tom and Mallory and the kids. I'm like, why? You know, oh, oh, a couple things. One, in the book, uh, were they the same way where they jump to the river scene, then jump back to modern yes. or past time? Okay. Yeah, that was completely so, so true. It's, it's still Memento kind of esque. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, in the future, what is five years into possible the future, Tom should not be that fucking stacked. Oh my God, I know. Jesus, no. No, it's like, it's five years since they've been in that house, and he still has abs. I'm like, no, you don't. Built like no, a you don't. shit brick house. I think it's a brick shit house, but Whatever. Okay. No, I know. He's, He's still, like, stupidly built. It's like, no, dude, you're not eating that much protein every fucking day. You're not getting the calories you need, and you're also not doing the exercises that you need to on a daily basis. I don't care what your genetics are. You don't look like that. You no. don't look exactly the same as when you arrived at the house. Even fucking Mallory's hair got longer. Jesus Christ. But nobody got thinner or weaker or more gaunt because nope. you're not getting the same amount of nutrients that you're used to. So, Jesus Christ. Ugh. Also, Mallory is a shit mother. She's not good at this. She didn't want to be a mother, obviously, in the movie. In the book, it's kind of like, well, this is here. This is where we are. So I, you know, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. In the book, I believe it was one of those things where it was like uh, she hooked up with this guy and he never called her back and she didn't have his number. And she's pregnant now. Holy fuck. Were they also Happens boy all the time. and girl in the book? Yes, they were. Okay. And honestly, like I am, if boy and girl become the new hot millennial names, I, I'm going to. I, I will find a way to leave this country. I mean, it's happened before. I used to work in a hospital. I've checked in a Renesmee before. This is true. Yeah, you mentioned that, and I'm like, I thought you were bullshitting me. Nope. Why? God is dead. <laughs> what was the last name? Oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm just curious. No. Nah. It doesn't matter. Renesmee yeah. uh, hyphen my parents hate me. Yeah. This is what happens when fandom breeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many Khaleesi's do we have? How many Khaleesi's? I mean, worse is, um, what was it? Um, what's the name of that uh, chick from uh, Inuyasha? Kagome? Yes, I've heard there's a white girl named Kagome out there in San Antonio. Oh, my God. No way. Yes. That's weird. Okay. I'm very troubled by this. I have to rethink my entire life now. Weebs shouldn't breed. I don't care what kind of weeb you are. So, at this point in the book, I'm sorry, in the movie, it's just Tom and the two kids, Tom and Mallory and the two kids. So Tom and three kids. Yeah, basically. Because, like, Mallory's still a fucking bitch. You know, and the thing that I hate about this movie is that they start Mallory off as like, oh, she's a, you know, she's like this hard, hard-nosed cunt that doesn't need no man, blah, 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 blah. I'm an artist. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm painting black over everything. Uh-huh. Basically. Symbolism. And she just ignores anything that's happening in her real life because she doesn't want to have to deal with things. I'm like, oh, you're so edgy and cool. Oh, my God. And you're so deep. So, but yeah, obviously that doesn't translate into being a good mother. And so Tom's like telling the kids a story and she's like interrupting the story and it's like, nope, time for bed. Fuck your story. I'm like, dude. These kids don't deserve happiness. And it's like, it's bad enough that you're calling them boy and girl. Holy shit. Also, don't assume their genders. That's so rude. <laughs> That's right. It's distraction one, distraction two. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> exactly. When it comes time to me and the monster, sorry, distraction one, you gotta go. Yeah. So, at some point, Tom gets killed by these marauders when they're going to uh, raid a house because apparently it was a good idea to bring the kids with them. Why? Bring your kids to work day. I guess. I gotta, I gotta still have those, you know, foundations of society. 
Otherwise, who wins? The monsters win. Ugh. Ugh. I would let the monsters win. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. So, Tom gets killed in the shootout with these fucking marauders that can see the things and they don't give a fuck. And then that's ex- that's when uh, Mallory decides to take the kids up the river to the sanctuary that they had heard of on a walkie-talkie. It's a little bit different in the book. In the book, after this creature goes and massacres everyone in her house while she's busy giving birth and then saving fucking Olympia's kid, you know, all the while while Gary's just like fucking around doing whatever he wants to do. He's not he's not interested in killing Mallory. He just wants to people to see these things. And so he goes down to check out the carnage downstairs and then apparently he just disappears. The only thing that gets Mallory to go downstairs after right after she's given birth and in all sorts of pain and she's got not just the one kid that she birthed but this other fucking kid because that she's got on her tit because Olympia's a dumb bitch and just fucking doesn't know any better was the ringing of a phone and that's because during the book they had been calling numbers and any anytime they got a, an answering machine they would leave a message and somebody finally called them back and the only thing that got Mallory down the stairs of the attic Meanwhile, she's bleeding all sorts of gross shit out of her snatch is this ringing of the phone with two kids on her tits. <laughs> and then that's how she finds out about the, the sanctuary. That's when Rick calls her, you know, when Rick call when uh, she speaks to Rick. And over the next few weeks, she speaks to Rick a little bit uh, before the phone lines actually go dead completely. But, you know, just like it happens so quickly in the book. It's like right after Tom gets shot during the shoot by the Marauders and then sees the creature for himself and shoots, you know, blows his brains oh, that's out. That's the movie, not the book. Yeah. Yeah, movie Tom. Sorry. After movie Tom blows his brains out, that's when, that's when Mallory decides to go and take the kids up the river. Mm-hmm. In the book, it actually takes her four years because she can't really muster up that kind of strength and she spends the next she spends those four years training the kids to essentially be the new birds because they do use the birds in the book they use them as an alarm system but i'm assuming that they probably got massacred when the creature was led in the house and so she trains them to listen to you know to listen to literally everything so that was uh, that was that was interesting uh, kind of that was an interesting parallel, I guess. I'll say also uh, speaking of uh, going to that with training, like in the movie, they show Mallory training the kids with little rocks, like you know, echolocation, how to navigate blindly. After five years of doing this, she still can't navigate blindfolded at all. Uh, in the later scenes of the movie, when it's like five years later, she's still like stumbling around, like, "Oh, this is my first time closing my eyes." I know, right? How do you do this? Yeah, and she can still, you can still see through the blindfold to an extent. So, yeah, Mallory's just really bad at this. So, eventually, they go and take that fucking river trip. And, you know, they get to the point, uh, like, in the movie, there's going to be a point where somebody's going to have to look during the part where they go down the rapids. And Mallory's going to tell them who looks. And, you know, like, uh... So, so like Mallory fucking hates girl, and I'm guessing it's just because like that it's was Olympia's, Olympia's kid, kid. Yeah. yeah, and Olympia was a dumb bitch and let Gary in, and she was not very smart anyway, and you could just like see the look on girl's face, like fuck, she's gonna choose me, isn't she? But yeah, and but boy it, volunteers and boy, she's like, no, I will choose, and little girl's like, fuck, right? Oh my god. <laughs> But in the book, it's, you know, it's not rapids that they have to go, that they have to deal with. There's a, a point where Mallory is going to have to open her eyes and, because uh, she has to take the second, uh, like the second, I don't want to say second stream, but the second kind of hmm, entryway. Tributary? Probably tributary. Yeah. Uh, you know, where the river goes. She's going to have to open her eyes and look and she needs the kids to listen as as strong you know as much as they can because she'll have to look you know and that's going to be a big danger because if she you know she's fucked you know then the kids are you know going to have to survive on their own so there's none of this having to make a choice bullshit so yeah and in the movie we have to see mallory fucking like 
loses track of the kids and then these creatures are whispering to the kids to take off their blindfolds and again bullshit yeah the, the kids like oh yeah sure that's a good idea let's do that and let's remove our blindfolds super slow and open our eyes super slow to give Mallory a chance to stop us yeah, and it's again, it's one of these things where she has to kind of like win the win the love and affection of her children back, which is easy with the kid that she actually pushed out of her snatch. <laughs> but then it's like, girl's a different matter because she fucking hates girl, and girl knows it. You know, even even uh, boy says she's scared of you. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, duh. And then she has to kind of, like, try to apologize to girl. And it's very Stockholm syndrome Like, she's just trying to, like, get girl to, like, come over there and, like, not look at things because she knows she needs girl. She probably needs both of those birds in her bird box. Oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. You know. So after, you know, she gets those fucking kids back, she eventually makes it to the sanctuary, which is a school for the blind. And do you want to talk about what the School for the Blind looks like? The School for the Blind is just kind of like this amazing fucking like Charles Xavier mansion of a place um, where they get there. And suddenly, as soon as they get into the uh, doorway, it's like, oh, everything's fine now. Take off your blindfold. Everything's great. Oh, hey, here's the center court where we're protected from the monsters by these leaves. Uh, What's it, like a a topiary? Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially a topiary. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of stuff. It's just kind of like we can still get sunlight and oxygen and fresh air. It's like being outside, but we're still inside the walls. But there's no roof here. But yeah, those monsters—they don't think about trying to break through the leaves to get in here. Not at all. Why? Why? And I mean, they say that it's because the the birds in the topiary uh, act as. I guess that's. I hope that's the right word. Uh, act as an alarm system, but they actually fucking don't. Also, what no. would it matter? Those fucking creatures don't care. They would just come stomping through the foliage like they did stomping through all the other foliage in the fucking movie. Exactly. Also, the birds didn't react to uh, Gary or any other human. They only react to the actual creatures. So these creatures who we've already established can talk to people to get them to do things, have people who follow them to get them to do things. Why don't I just talk to them? Hey, go to school, school the blind over there? Yeah, go fuck him up. Like fucking, uh, what's, the, what's the name of the uh, bully from It? Oh, Henry Bowers. Yeah, fucking Henry Bowers is shit. Take care of it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it was such bullshit. Like, they're out, like, I was so, I was, I was so infuriated by the end of this movie because they're fucking outside. And you know what? That fucking canopy of leaves and fucking birds is not going to stop those fucking creatures. No. The creatures don't care about birds. Because we already know that they can make birds go insane. At least in the book. In the book. Ah, what the fuck, Netflix? What were you fucking thinking? This was like... Remember how we had Bright in 2017? This was the 2018 version of Bright. Big, like, fucking biggest waste of money. Way to fucking go. I had friends who liked Bright. I fuck, never, their fr- fuck your friends. They're wrong. I'm sorry. I it's have a friends bad who hated movie. it, too. But uh, I never saw Alienation uh, Fables. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Just bring back Alienation. Uh, Let's have done with it. <laughs> Better movie. I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. The end of the book, it's similar. But in the sanctuary, which is still the school for the blind, you get to hear some of the backstory where people were actually blinding themselves because there was an attack by one of these creatures at one point and took out a lot of their numbers. Yeah. So they decided to willingly blind themselves. And I'm still not sure if that school for the blind was one of these things where it was necessarily taken over by people that could see initially and then they made it their sanctuary or it still had a lot of blind people because it sounded like mostly people could see and then they had to blind themselves to this. Mm -hmm. But again, in the movie, it doesn't matter because the creatures can still apparently reach into your brain and whisper things to you. Why? What is the point of this? What is the point of any of this movie if you're not going to fucking stick to any of the rules? Also, I would be fine in this movie because I have all the mental illnesses. Everybody else would be fucked. 
I think the point of the movie is to get people to do dumb shit online called Bear Box Challenge. To harm their children. Man. Darwinism at its finest, man. Yes. I was told, like, that was great. I, I'm, I'm great. I, you know, y'all want to do bird box challenges? I'm fine with that. Y'all want to be dumb motherfuckers? Go for it. Go take the Momo challenge, too. That's coming back into style now. I hate this movie so much. But I would recommend reading the book. The book's actually good. So, no complaints about that. You know, I have questions about it, but, you know, again, it you, you, you don't, please don't watch this movie. Please don't do it for your sanity, for my sanity. For all I, of we're our We're not recommending here. this movie. We are not recommending this movie whatsoever. This is like Netflix. You should be ashamed of yourselves. This is in, this is unacceptable. Where is my $8 to $9.99 a month going? No, no. Any uh, other thoughts on this movie that you want to share? Um, well, I'll say the creatures can control the wind, so it's like they tried passing wind and end up shitting their pants. That's this movie in a nutshell. This movie is a shark. Yep, that sounds about right. But if anybody else wants to share their opinions, you're wrong, unless you agree with me. But you're welcome to go ahead and reach out. We're on the Instagram, we are on the Twitter, and we are on the Facebook. Just search, search for Sheebie-Jeebies, and I'm sure we'll pop right up. You'll figure it out. You're smart people. Maybe. Unless you if like you this li- movie. Yeah, if you like this movie, you're wrong. You can also send us an email at sheebie at outlook.com, and that's fine, too. But I swear to God, if you disagree with me, again, you are wrong. I promise you. I will, I will fight you all day on this. But until until next time, don't don't get killed by any invisible creatures that can read your mind or make you look at them and then kill yourself. Bye, I'm done.